0: Mind Your Farm Business on RealAgriculture.com is brought to you by RBC Royal Bank. Welcome to the Mind Your Farm Business podcast brought to you by RBC Royal Bank. I'm Sean Haney, founder of RealAgriculture.com and host of Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio 147 on Sirius XM. You can find more episodes of this podcast by going to MindYourFarmBusiness.com. Today's topic on the Mind Your Farm Business podcast is about conflict management on the farm. Are you holding issues back from conflict? Does every issue ever discussed at the family meeting turn into a shouting match? Do people storm out? Are there core issues leading to the constant conflict that you're experiencing? This is exactly what we'll unpack today on the Mind Your Farm Business podcast. Now, it's easy to spot conflict. It's easy to participate in it. Even fuel it. But what about resolving conflict? What about having constructive conflict? Now, that's the awesome sauce that today's guest will describe. Today's guest on the Mind Your Farm Business podcast is Kelly Dobson of Leadership. He's based in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and he consults industry and farm leaders across this country on leadership related issues. I hope you enjoy my conversation on the Mind Your Farm Business podcast with Kelly Dobson. <laughs> Kelly, how are you doing today?
1: I'm very well. Sean, how are you?
0: Good. Well, you know, I'm looking forward to talking about today's topic of conflict management and, and where leadership kind of fits into this. And leadership is definitely one of your big passions. You know, I think, Kelly, conflict is a big issue when it comes to managing the farm. We've got a family dynamic, got generational differences. We've got a lot of issues that are can be really super stressful at different points in, in the year. When we talk about conflict and dealing with that and, and having good conflict management on the farm, how, how big of an issue is this, do you think, in farm management?
1: You know, that's an interesting subject. I think the word conflict is probably the stuff we hear about, which is the people who are openly arguing. Um, I would say it's this way. I would say from what I've experienced and even how we measure it, the actual bigger the bigger um, concern for me is that there isn't sufficient um sufficient discussion about the things that matter most and so what we see oftentimes when we're working with leaders we'll see people who will measure very high in something called passivity and believe it or not so like things that we would we would talk about as being conflict so people who are arrogant rude um, autocratic controlling um, highly critical those are all strongly negative correlated um behaviors to to leader effectiveness but actually want but actually the one behavior passivity it's it's a full 10, 10 points more negative than those. Okay. And I and I, and that's what the research says and I'll say when my experience on the farms, I am more concerned about the farms who are holding issues that they simply won't speak about because they are so concerned about everybody getting along and that there be no conflict and that, and, and they just they have no appetite for it. and I, I think there's a, you know more as much or more risk in that. Than the notion that we ever hear about the big time conflict that goes on in farms. Those are the ones we hear yeah. about, right?
0: That's so. interesting. That okay. So there is conflict in the farm because it's a family business. Families families sure. like to to battle about certain things, especially if it applies to generational differences or the you know, the direction the farm's going and stuff like that. But mate, you know, I, I never really thought about. Okay, so it's not about the level of conflict, but the question is. When we have conflict, is it about the right things? Like, are we, are we, are we, you know, we think we're sort of figuring stuff out and we're having conflict trying to come to the right conclusion, but we're not even talking about the right issue. That That's like a double-edged sword.
1: Yeah, so that's a lot to unpack. So, you know, I'll do my best to try and unpack that as the way that we try and explain it. Cause so much of what we do or what I try to do through, through leadership is helping people put this in a box in a way that they can understand so that they can actually see it when it's happening and then go, this is not going the direction we want. And how can I show up in that conversation, whether I'm the boss or not, how can I show up in a way that's going to drive, let drive this forward. So for example, one, so so to move this out of a conflict stance and move this into a leadership stance, the first thing I want to say is that um, we should always be driving towards and, and strengthening partnership. In partnership, like, like I said in this last, was this idea where everybody feels responsible for whatever we are, for whatever we're doing together. Now, the way we get to partnership is that we start with something called interpersonal clarity. And this is foundational. So interpersonal clarity, simply put, is you understand what I'm where I'm coming from. I understand where you're coming from. And we know the differences between the two of them. Now, that doesn't happen at like a bolt of lightning in one conversation, particularly the more challenging the conversations like farm transition, you can take several types of these engagements where we begin to understand each other. And what we know what the research says is that for most for most um, situations or on, on what we, if you want to call them conflict on the farm, if we can get to a, to, to a conversation where we get to, to interpersonal clarity, four out of five of those problems solve themselves without any kind of like directive, problem solving, any kind of mediate, like dare I say the word mediation, because people just figure out what's going on. And dare I say that the biggest problem, the biggest source of 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 conflict in the farm is that people are really suffering from a real insufficient level of partnership. And the consequences can be conflict. It can be low productivity. It can just be mistakes. You name it. And what we know what this is really all about. So if it's not interpersonal clarity, you said, so what's really going on? If you want to put it, you want to put it all into one big deal. There's this thing we call interpersonal mush and interpersonal mush is this is when I go around and I make stories up about the world around me and what your intentions are. And then I act on them as if they're actual fact and I don't check them out. Now that sounds super simple, but when we unpackage how we create our experience and there's like the objective observable world, like what I heard and what I saw, and then there's all the stories that I make up about what's happening, and and so on and so forth. We click them together, and that creates our experience. But but if we're not very self aware and we're under a lot of stress, and the world is moving fast, we don't we just we don't know what it, what's the part I made up and what part is real, and and so and that and we operate on that. And the next you know we're stepping on toes and we make judgments about other people. And so the way and so to get a sense of how profoundly this can be, think of the observable world, like in other words, what I said and, uh, and what I saw as tiles on a floor. Okay. And, and the way our mind works is to connect all those tiles together so we can make sense of them. We use grout. And that grout is actually our sense making. Those are our like our perceptions is our past experiences, our judgments, the way we think the world works. And, and, and when we connect those together, we may, that, that creates that story. But if it's really, really good, they're mostly based on our observable facts of the world. Then we check them out, but what agriculture, and what's going on in the world Is that most people's floors, most farm families' floors, are more grout than tile? Mm. That's where all the trouble starts. (laughs) I'm thinking, (laughs) yeah, and
0: I'm thinking of family succession, right? Just as an example, where you you avoid the topic because you know it could lead to conflict, so people Mm -hmm. ignore it, don't talk about it. That's a passivity. (laughs) Passivity, and and then. We have the issue of the interpersonal mush where that is like so prevalent. Like, uh, boy, I'll I'll tell you, that, that actually explains a lot. Just those two phrases on what is happening very, very frequently in family businesses.
1: Well, it's 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 part of the human condition. It's the way our like an, it's a winning actual design. I mean, it's helped us. It's a it's a good thing in the sense that so everybody thinks interpret like this idea of sense making, make up stories is a bad thing. It's actually not. It allows our allows us to to make decisions and judgments on imperfect information, mm-hmm. right? It allows us to learn and guess and predict. The problem is that when we're talking about more complex issues and we're talking about human intent and we're looking for partnership, we operate on guesses, which we know our brain is as we talked last time. Our core operating system—it's bias negative, right? It's why it's five G negative, dial up positive. Most of the time, when we when we when we're guessing about people's intentions, about what we really think they mean, or what they say, or what they want most, it's seldom, if ever, um, bias positive or even neutral for that matter. And that's and that's a big part because that, that's, that feeds into this. That's why it's so important that we constantly, in every engagement we strive, we strive to have our, our experience fully, fully communicated so people can understand us and they feel like they can describe theirs to us. And we can just work that out in everyday interactions.
0: Now, all personalities view conflict differently. So you may think we're talking, but I think we're fighting. It, that, yep. that plays a role in this dynamic too.
1: I think you're talking about my farm.
0: <laughs> i was talking about mine so sorry <laughs> yeah
1: yeah no uh absolutely true like like there there are different types of temperaments who are tolerant to different levels and let's face it different cultures have different levels of of the way they interact with one another and this is a part where um not being situationally aware of like what are people's tolerances in terms of, of how we're speaking and that and not being aware that if how i'm showing up um is actually having a negative so that's one of the things we talk about in descriptive selves um, is that we really want people to clearly be able to know how can i most likely get my share my experience to the other person in a way that it's likely to be understood that minimizes the chance for reactivity so it doesn't light them on fire and just make them upset and that it invites the person to be curious and invites interpersonal uh, invites interpersonal clarity and allows to clean up in on in, in real time, any of the of the of the sen- of the excessive sense making that's going on about what I think they're really trying to say, that we afford space for that to be cleaned up as we go forward. And that and then if we could all do that, we wouldn't, you know, there'd be all all manner of potential. No uh, going farms. We're not trying to avoid
0: conflict because I, I remember I read Patrick Lincioni's Death, I think it's Death by Meeting. And sure. he, he talked about good meetings have conflict. And in that story, he, he talked about the this company was having these meetings. And the trouble was nobody ever conflicted with each other. It was just all sort of like, that's good. Yep, that sounds good to me. And nobody questioned mm-hmm. anything. Nobody brought up counterpoints. So conflict is not all bad. There's positive conflict as well, right?
1: I think so. I think it's, and again, this is the, the death of words and what people read into them. For the people who really don't like any sense of conflict, I think it's about, you know, can we can we confront for insight? Can I bring up something that's important to me and, and bring it forward in a way that isn't going to turn into an argument or really is going to make the, literally, at a neuroscience level, is not going to make the other person reactive? And that's the part. Some people can be in conflict and not be reactive, which is this emotional charging to the point where I get so so excited and like i'm so and so and what's going on inside me i'm not under control of that that, in other words my nervous system has me instead of me having control of it because yeah. it's, it's it's in that it's in that it's going to take care of you auto steer fight flight freeze turtle response that we we have to manage for that and if people get reactive the first thing happens is they stop listening and that's different for different people so the goal is really not about conflict the goal is whether or not we can have an exchange where real important things get talked about in a way where again to driving towards interpersonal clarity because if we can get to there then the next thing you know people will partner
0: yeah
1: and they'll they'll take responsibility because they know their roles and they can hear and they can hear gently about how their you know they're, they're, how they're, what they're doing and how they're showing up is actually having a negative impact intentionally or unintentionally that's actually dry that's part of the of a, of a pattern of what's going on in the farm that is either a lot better and they can see that and they're invited to be seen to be hearing about how other people view me showing up in that So they're just not sure why like tell tell me what like tell me why you thought like that that like tell me you thinking about how you got to this place. because we've had this we've had we do this all the time in the in the small so for example we had a young employee they dumped a what what just now replacement cost ten thousand dollar welderator off off a front end loader because they picked it from the bottom and not from the top so we had a bit of debrief about so let's just talk about you know what happened you know objectively you know what your reflections are on that you know what do what do we know might be the right way and going for what what like what we might want to do about that now that could have been a disciplinary action that could have been all kinds of convic. that could have been a bunch of uncomfortable stuff and instead it was handled completely differently because at the end of the day nothing is going to stop that thing from having a whole bunch of bent corners <laughs> you know it, that's not changeable but what we can do is we can we can just move forward from here and let's see if we can't not have that happen again
0: We'll get back to the Mind Your Farm Business podcast, but first a word from our sponsor. This episode of the Mind Your Farm Business podcast is brought to you by RBC. When it comes to your operation, a business plan can help you reach your goals. It's your roadmap to success. Be equipped to face the challenges of modern day farming head on and come out on top. Visit rbc.com slash chart your course and speak with an agriculture account manager near you. It's really about having a discussion trying to sort out your issues we, we can call mm-hmm. it conflict but it's avoiding I think what you just described that button pushing where you're yeah you're then yeah. You, you've moved confrontation to like provoking and like you said yeah. we've all been in those discussions where you then when you do that you've lost your audience you're not making your case anymore the other person has really just shut you out and you're not you're, there's no communication happening at all anymore
1: yeah so so maybe one way to look at this is to is when people say well you know i'm i'm just doing i'm just speaking and we see this all the time people go well we're going to have we're going to get the, we're going to clear the air and we're going to have a one big super bowl of one super bowl of all the issues and what's not working and then all the judgments and the and the you know full and clear opinions get hurled across and what we know about that is that is that that might seem like it's actually um a, a, the clearing of the air but what we know is that it more than likely more and often it bruises and limits um People's willing to, to risk in the future, and really whether or not they're willing, and to a certain degree, they're willing to partner. And so, to flip the switch on this, you know, so how do people start with this? Um, you know, I'll, I'll offer three things if if you don't mm, mind. Yeah. So the first thing I would ask people is when they're talking about because many people say, "Well, you know, this sounds really complicated," or um, you know, I don't know how to show up in this. And the first thing I would ask is, I really ask you three questions. The first one I would I would ask is, you know, what are you focusing on? Are you focusing on the other person? Are you focusing on the situation and seeing it as a problem, as opposed to, let's say, an outcome to be achieved? So, so in other words, in other words, what context are you actually are you actually showing up in that in that space? And to that point about showing up, the next question I'd ask is: So, how are you relating to other people in these situations? Because how I relate, how I'm how I'm communicating with other people will absolutely drive it to conflict. And drive and move and move ourselves away from interpersonal clarity and partnership, or it's moving toward. And I think a lot of people really don't realize that in every encounter, we're either strengthening interpersonal clarity and driving for partnership, or we're not, and in fact, making it worse. And I've seen where you know really strong relationships can be put on, and everybody has this. You know, there, there's this one thing that happens, and it freezes that relationship for a period of time. Until that, until that relationship can be reestablished. And that's a part about being really conscious about what I'm trying to do. And the last thing I would ask to that would be, you know, what, what actions am I taking? In other words, you know, it's, it's one thing about, you know, how I'm relating with other people, but am I doing something or, or, you know, what actions am I taking that are actually driving towards the thing that matters most to me? Because so often we'll see people who will be doing, they don't realize that, that do it for one, that doing nothing, this idea of passivity and pleasing um, that they, they say, well, you know, it's better than fighting. And I'm like, well, is it? Because by the numbers, we know statistically, it's not driving towards like, you know, passivity is like the anti-leadership score. That is, that is a real, real challenge. Now there's deep reasons why, you know, that exists. But the question is, doing nothing is not, is not an answer. There's got there, there has to be, there, you know, there, there are better ways and better ways of showing up. So the question is if it's not that, then what? And right. then ask, so what small little step could you take that would move you closer in that direction? Not some whopping big fix, but what about yourself? Could you work on that would, that would invite that type, type of a different behavior, a shift of who, if we could call it that, that would invite, that would have you step into that kind of situation differently.
0: Does it matter? Is it, or is there a change in the impact if it's spontaneous versus intentional. Tell me more about that. Say just well, a bit more. So like we, we've all been involved in like, where it's like you're having a discussion with a business partner. Maybe it's a customer. Or it's just a friend. And you're talking about something. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, you start to hash things back and forth. And all of a sudden it's like, you know what? You're mm-hmm. right. You know what? We need to do that. Versus like, we're going to have a meeting tomorrow at noon and we're going to sort out this issue. That, that So is it is a, spontaneous versus
1: intentional it doesn't really matter it's a neat way i haven't heard really heard heard it said like that i'll I'll put it this way and this goes back to my comment the last time we met about how leadership can't be outsourced i think under some of these more these most challenging types of engagements most people think that if you know they book the appointment um and they show up at the lawyer's office or the accountant's office that it's going to just get in one fell swoop and that none of this pre, you know, that the level of partnership that currently exists, does not going to impact how far we're going to get in that meeting. So like, that's it. Now, again, if we have technical questions, you know, we absolutely need those people there, but to, 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 I think directly answer your question, the kind of spontaneous, um, what we call really what we call, um, Um, learning conversations or normally that we call um, organizational learning where people just put their heads together they're sharing their experiences in real time you say going back and forth and what the amazing part and this is the highest order of what we call organizational effectiveness where suddenly when you add one plus one plus one suddenly something that nobody actually understood before surfaces so in other words only everybody had a part of the puzzle and nobody could figure it out but you put the pieces together and suddenly it's like or what you're saying is this? And you're like, well, I wasn't. But now that you mention it, if I look at we put that together. That means it's really that and not that. And everybody just sits there and they go, holy smokes. And you're like, and all of a sudden, and that's learning. That's the drop of gold that comes out of the bottom when we can do this at the highest level. And, and that's what we all want to strive to.
0: And, and there also is that part, you know, one thing we haven't talked about yet is, you know, the talking versus listening, Right. Because because in, 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 in conflict, when you're there is a conflict and it's constructive conflict, trying to hash out what the best strategy is going forward, making that decision that has felt so elusive, listening to the different perspectives will help yourself just as much as you blabbering on and on about what your perspective is.
1: Well, there's lots of uh, cliched statements about listening, and 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 they're all true. <laughs> I will say this: you know, when I talked about improving and improving our, our, our you know our observational of what's going on. In other words, what I see and what I hear. So much of the problem is that people are think they can multitask, and 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 do something. Well, and I and I'm bad for it. My wife continually reminds me, and it's one of the most. I think it's the most thing that actually hurts partnership. Uh, and hurts interpersonal clarity the most is that people just simply won't just stop what they're doing put their phone down and just square up and just sit back and not have the problems and this is the part when we this is a trainable thing to, to, to just the idea of stop I'm not here to solve their problems for them I'm not to come up with some quick answer to get to the end of their problem or even guess what their problem is to come up with an answer and so many people who are high controllers think that that's the skill they bring to the world is their quick mind their problem solving ability and going most people just need a a thinking partner so that they can talk through their experience and you just sit there quietly Like, like that's what the act of coaching is is simply just acting and listening and then reflecting back so what you're saying is or did I hear you right when I said and and going and or just even in just listening and then going wow like that sounds like that's really heavy for you. Or that, you know, it sounds, sounds like that's quite a, you know, and just, and going, going, so, you know, what might you, th- what are you thinking you might do next? And this is the shift between being a victim or being a rescuer, like I'm here to solve people's problems or, or just going, you know, you've screwed up and per- and, and this, and this is the shift of mind moving that of a coach. Right. Or, 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 a, or, a, or a challenger where we say, you know what, I'm hearing what you say and you know what, um, I think you're up to it. And I think it's up to you to figure this out. I mean, I'm here to support you, but I'm not here to solve your problem. Because invariably you'll see on the farm where people will just come and they'll throw up their hands like, I'm done. I, you know, I wash my hands. I, I can't, you know, whatever. And you're like, oh, hold on a second. We've seen this, you know, or you get, you're training younger people. It's like, well, you know, you do this. Or maybe in farm transition, it's like, well, maybe you handle the books or you handle the heavy decision about whether or not we're going to buy or sell or market or we're going to work on this tax strategy and people like, Oh, you know, they want to back off because it's heavy. Right. And they don't have all the answers. And it's like, and that's a part of moving people forward going, you know, I, I get that. That's rough. And it's like, so, so what, what might be one thing you could do to actually get a little closer to figure out what, what to do next? In other words, you don't have a solution, but what's the one, what's the next thing you could do. And then they just sit there and look at you like, you're not going to tell me. And I'm like, (laughs) well, I could, but there'd be no learning. So he's like, well, have you talked to Bob? Yeah. you know have you talked to bob or have you talked to you know have Have you talked to susan Well, and then they're like well just see what she see if she has some time it's like well I, I don't want to feel in other words i don't want to acknowledge that i don't have this all figured out and i'm like hey just not for nothing but i think everybody kind of knows you don't like and it's okay because nobody expects you to you think you do but nobody expects you to but they would really love to help you why yeah. give it a whirl just let me know how that turns out for you <laughs> I'll check back. And they and they feel this like and they're like I'm here, but I'm not. I'm not going to I'm not taking over cuz that doesn't move this business forward. And the squirm on that to the point where they, you know, nobody comes to me on my farm like that anymore. Cuz they know <laughs> they're just going to get turned around, right? But they come and go, look, I got this problem. This is what I've tried. You got anything for me? And I'm like, "Actually, I do. Yeah. How about this? Go try." Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, and that's awesome because then that means that, you know, they're, they're leaning in and I'm not here to solve every. I'm not the, would you call it Napoleon? I'm not here where, you know, I'm having to tell people how to put their pants on in the morning because that's just yeah. gets old quick. So not scalable.
0: Kelly, I want to finish up with this. B- before we started recording this, we were kind of talking about the, this topic and you put out a phrase and I, I want you to address confrontation without conflict. That, that seems like a key piece here on this topic. I, I like that, especially with so many people thinking about conflict as this negative thing. Confrontation is a little bit different.
1: Yeah. Confrontation is about, is about inviting a conversation about something that really matters to you and asking that person to help, to help you figure out a little bit better. And then there's a part that, and there's a story I'm making up in my head about this, that actually, you know, that I'm not sure that, that it's verging on a bad intention or a good intention. And I just want you, you know, to help me figure this out. And, and being open to what they might share with you, whether, you know, whether it makes you uncomfortable or not. And we can practice how to do that. Being open to that sort of that kind of an engagement on the farm step by step in the small and then ever moving to ever deeper subjects, including all the way up to business transition. Um, that's the path forward as far as I'm concerned.
0: Kelly, thanks a lot for joining us here today on the Mind Your Farm Business podcast. Great stuff. And I really appreciate uh, your contribution to this topic.
1: Thanks, Sean. If
0: we can get to the point where we find that interpersonal clarity and find true partnership, we're making serious headway to using conflict to solve problems and not destroy farm businesses. Family business is hard. We all know that. There's going to be conflict, but you need to find leadership mechanisms to make it constructive and not destructive. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion. If you have any feedback or comments, please email me at shaney at realagriculture.com or call the Real Ag listener line at 855-776-6147. You can find more episodes of the Mind Your Farm Business podcast at mindyourfarmbusiness.com. Thanks to RBC Royal Bank for their sponsorship. And until next time, keep on minding your farm business.